Hello, hello, welcome to the Funky Marketing Show, uh, another one uh, of, uh, of the episodes when I host great people to talk about specific things uh, related to, you know, to the things that can help you get, get better at what you do. Uh, so today uh, I have the pleasure of hosting uh, Daniel Cardona. And what got me attracted to him uh, is, you know, except the fact that he's writing in, uh, in Spanish, <laughs> it's uh, that he's defining good marketing as a mix of psychology, stoicism and storytelling, which is uh, uh, which are all three things that I appreciate that I, that I practice. So today we're going to dive deep uh, into all of them. And uh, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. How are you doing, Nemanja? I'm doing good. How are you? How is it? How it is in the Mexico City? Ah, uh, it's been great. Um, early morning, but doing great. Mexico City, it's it's a great place to be. I think there's nothing best, nothing beats a taco. You can always <laughs> yeah. find a fix with a taco, so it's really good. I'm thinking if we can find somewhere here, like in in Serbia, in general, and in Novi Sad, tacos. <laughs> eh, eh, I don't think so. For some reason, I don't think we can we can find them, but it's it's a good idea for somebody to start a business. That yeah, can, that yeah. Can I be... think it's 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 like it's that simple, right? Like as as in marketing, the simple the food, the simple the better it is. So what it's a taco, it's a flour. Then whatever meat you want to have it, or even vegetable. You add a little bit of sauce, avocado, and you're set. It's like that simplicity is just perfect. Yeah. That sounds doable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I'm thinking uh, about where, where can we start? So, so I have a, an idea because, uh, uh, you know, you are working with, with different businesses, different companies. And what you are doing, you're helping them get a different perspective of marketing strategy and tactics. So uh, I want to start with what are some things that you are seeing inside the companies before you start giving them a different perspectives. So why do they need the different perspective? Okay. Um, so let me first thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here and it's a pleasure to share a uh, space with you. I've been following you for for the past few months, so it's great that. We're yeah, that's that's what LinkedIn does. <laughs> exactly, digital friends. <laughs> um, and and regarding the inspiration, I don't know if you've read. Uh, it's still like it's still like an artist. It's a great book by Austin Kleon. Mm -hmm. It's in Spanish though, but it's like it's still like an artist. So basically. There is a great documentary. Sounds about. sounds sounds uh, familiar, but I have no idea if I have read it. But it, there's I a recommendation. The, <laughs> yeah, as a recommendation, it's great, uh, and and I would attach it to uh, a video documentary that it's um, everything. It's a remix, right? Mm -hmm. So most what I've seen is that most companies try to start like their businesses with their marketing strategies from zero. But in reality, is that most likely out there, there's going to be someone that already did it. There's going yeah. to be someone that already made all your mistakes. So inspiration is not it's not about just how can I just get this holy grail idea? How can I just make like my work better? It's just like see what works in the past. Um, stoicism, Ryan Holiday, Robert Greene, like they're just. Yeah, I think it's remixing all here <laughs> from Seneca, from Marcus Aurelius, from um, Epictetus. So I think it's just as in life, you just need to make your life easier, right? Life is already hard, so you just make your work easier. Um, so inspiration for me, it's it's not about what you find inspiring in your business, and this and this is the catch. Maybe talk to your customers. Everyone talks about it, but find. What are they interesting for them? Who are the people that they're looking for? Go to their LinkedIn profiles. Who are they following? What are they commenting? And look at their people and then look who are the inspiration of the people that they follow. So you start building like a tree. 
And once you pull out all the information in a, in a, in a sheet, and most likely you will need a, a data analyst to just pull out all the information that you have, then you can start to see patterns. And then it's not about just copying exactly what they what, what some company did or what other things are doing. It's just like you remix it. You put your own spice into it. You put your little sauce, and then you start like iterating. Um, but I think it's just a way better to, way to do business than just like starting from zero. Yeah, and like it reminded me of what I was doing, like 2010, 11, when I when I still had an NGO. This was my way to the marketing through the activism and NGO, and basically mm -hmm. living in a in a small city in Serbia. Nobody was doing anything that was done outside of the country. So you don't didn't need to, you know, like just do everything from the scratch. You got the inspiration all around you. Nobody has done anything. So, you know, just by doing that and having that mindset and just give it a little bit of, you know, twist, personalized it so it fits the, the community and everything. And that's it, basically. Yeah. And, and, and what was the NGO about? Um, mostly about uh, working uh, with and for youth. So I've worked a lot with uh, with UNICEF, helping Roma people. You know, uh, establishing uh, how was it called? Like uh, let's call it social center. Social seems like an odd word, but society when they can hang out, they can teach about a lot of different things. You know, we even got the the award for the for the best NGO that works for youth in, in Serbia based on based on that, because we have done more than, I think, 200 workshops with more than 50 people present on each one. And, uh, you know, and also ecology. So basically stopping mountain villages from dying. This is where I think where I learn marketing and, and management, you know, bringing people from 18 countries, more than 200 people yeah. from 18 countries on the Balkan mountains uh like people from not only from balkans or from europe but also from venezuela from russia from uh from norway you know all the way and people were willing to pay the travel expenses and uh a small fee for three for three meals a day just to you know help villages uh you know don't die basically and awesome. that's where i figure out that you know that the cause is important the cause yeah. is the most important thing. So the value. And and I think that for congrats on that. I think it's amazing. I think um, I personally already did an NGO as well. We call it a social innovation lab back in Medellin. We'll get to that in a point. Um, but I think we as humans like to help. We like to serve others. There is an innate human need on being part of something bigger than ourselves, right? So when you allow others to just belong, to find a tribe, helping others, that's just so powerful. And, and a good story, once again, storytelling. You, you send a good message and then you just connect people. But it's like it all goes back into the same loop. Exactly. Exactly. I mean... <laughs> Uh, and the question that I think it's a good time to get to get to it uh, that came from from my content writer actually somebody who also likes storytelling and stoicism and those kind of things is that you know uh, basically uh, how did you learn storytelling and what are some of the best tips for somebody who wants to get better at it? Um, so I have a, an 11 year old daughter. And she's been my greatest master in marketing. Like there is nothing better than try to improve in your storytelling than trying to sell your kids vegetables. <laughs> you gotta be really accurate in whatever words you're using and what is the story behind whatever you're telling them. What are they reading? I don't like reading that. I don't like writing. I don't like drawing. Like, how can, I, how can I improve this little human being by a history that she connects with? So uh, that's from starters. Then uh, a really good mentor of mine gave me the storytelling principles of the Steve Jobs. Mm -hmm. It's a great PDF, a great book. It has um, 
like all the script lines and how jobs build their um like yeah, if, I, if i'm not if i'm not wrong like dg had something like that dave gerhardt a couple of yeah. years ago or something like that it's it, like just everything it's a remix somebody else just already did the job just find the best person or the the people that resonates with you that that's something mm -hmm. really important it's not about what everyone's talking about it's whoever you think you're feel most, most comfortable speaking with and talking to and whatever you can get the inspiration from, get him, get his ideas, and then start from there. Because most likely, uh, I've known people that I'm also in the DG's group, and when his content, it's really good. But there are people that just don't resonate with, I don't know, his style or his way of doing things. Mm -hmm. That's completely fine. Like um, Luis Grenier. Just don't try to be everyone, like everything for everyone. You won't make it. So it's it's just so much easier. Uh, but for the resources of, of, of storytelling, that was the first. And the second one, read um, kids' books, like adolescents' books. The way they frame it, the stories, the problems, the, how they structure the narrative. You There is, look, I, I, I love examples. Um, so this is another book. It's speaking by myself. So it's basically a book of um, a lady that's speaking to young people. But there is speaking by myself about change. You got graphics, then you have this, you have the parents. So it's all structured and based on talking about, like talking alone about depression, talking about about beauty, about change, about art. It's just like. It's all there. Just look when, whenever, like everyone is reading business books. Just go into the kid shop. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, like I'm go going a little bit different direction. I'm going with comics, and and recently with uh, with epic fantasy. I mean, it's also not not only to spark the creativity, mm -hmm. but also to you know to stop thinking about the work outside of work. You know, because. As an entrepreneur, you are always thinking about it. It goes in a loop, in a loop. When you read something like complex epic fantasy, when like, there are so many characters, so many things going on, like you don't have a choice. Uh, you you need to you know just stop thinking about everything else and just dive into that. Yeah. And I think it's I don't know if you read uh, Joseph Campbell the um, the myth the. Uh, Sorry about the myth. Sorry for the name. I did. I did a long time ago. I think. But if you ask me, the basis of the storytelling, it's there. Yeah. Like, you need to you need to show people that there is like a villain. You need to show them that they need to fight for something other than themselves. So, and and Campbell has the, the hero's journey is just like one on one basic storytelling and 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 frameworking that. Yeah, I mean, that's what Andy Raskin's strategic narrative is all about as well, right? And so many people forget that it's not about other people. It's, you know, the state of the world and how everything is, is changing and it affects how we are changing, how our potential customers are changing and everything else. So it's not personal, but it's objective. And, you know, a lot of people forget that, that simple fact. And I, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to make it feel that it's super easy to learn storytelling. I mean, it, it's hard, but then again, if you just follow the principles, I think Pep Laya uh, actually said it once, it's just go study a bunch, but if you never act on it and if you never put it into work, you will never know if whatever information you're getting, it's going to use, like it's going to make anything. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, like everybody, I feel like everybody's talking about storytelling these days, uh, but we don't see that many good stories. We see we see a few, but still people are talking about about storytelling. And uh, one of the the most common reasons that I'm seeing about it is because you know stories are about them. They are inside the stories, and they are selling something. And that's yeah. not good. I mean, I always like that example, like thinking about 
DC, Marvel, and everything else, like, you're the Robin, you're not the Batman. The Batman is your customer or the client. You need to help them to do the results. You are here just, you know, an assistant. It's, uh, there was a great quote on Campbell's book. It's, I, I think it's from Campbell's, I, 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 I cannot remember now, but it's, you're not, you're not um, Skywalker, you're Yoda. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah. And that gives you a different perspective. You're not selling, you're just helping. And you, you sometimes you need to be brood. Sometimes you be super hard. Other times you just need to be conscious. But it's it's about what they can do with your help, not with you, with your help to become what a, the best version of themselves. Yeah, I agree. So so let's let's finish this part about about storytelling books and stoicism. So uh, what are some of your favorite books on stoicism? I mean, obviously, except the, the meditation from Marcus Aurelius, because mm-hmm. everybody know that one, but I think not many people read, read the other ones. Uh, I, when I was in high school and, you know, learning about philosophy and everything else, I had thinking that that was a luck because at that time I was too young to understand the philosophy and everything. So like when I was buying books for the for for the next grades, uh, the, the girl who was selling me had only the part, there were two books, one is the philosophy, one is the lives of the philosophers. And they, she had only the lives of the philosophers. And I think I'm the only one that read that one, not the philosophy. And then when I grew older, the, because I knew so many facts, it got me interested in their philosophy and I get deeper into it. And that's where I learned. Just an interesting fact. That that's so. I want to ask you something. Sorry that it just bounced back. Um, what's your perspective on philosophy? Like, what's philosophy for you? Uh, that's that's interesting. I think it's it's the way the way of living and looking at things. In in general, I think it's you know what what sparks everything that we do. Until I get deeper into that, you know. I was I was the captain of the team. I was the most nervous guy. The judges playing basketball. The judges knew that that you know that I'm a fire and they can lift me up just just like that. So I was thrown out of the, the games a lot. And uh, you know I think by reading a lot of uh, of the life of the Stoic about Stoicism about philosophy in general, that's what got me thinking. You know like. It all comes from within me. It, I cannot affect who is the judge. Mm-hmm. I cannot affect how others are playing. I can only, you know, decide what I'm going to do myself. And also looking at, you know, like my mother, father and everything, they have never learned, you know, not to get nervous about what other people are doing. And, and that's where I got into those things. That, that like for me, it's knowing thyself. So if, if you ask me from a stoicism i know alan watts is not a stoic per se but he has some really nice uh like audiobooks and and videos and conversations about whatever you do just do it for yourself don't don't ever judge like nothing outside of of your of your environment and i think that it's a it's a different way of thinking you when in, in high school like my kid, they are not learning them. They're not teaching them how to think. So yeah. our job as society is teach our kids how to think properly. Um, so in books, we have The Daily Stoic. It's a great daily read that just like measures everything from, from holiday as well. Um, I would go also, to the, also the, pod, the podcast, Daily Stoic. The podcast well. is quite nice. It's quite interesting. Um, the place of Seneca, like I don't know if you if you ever read it, like the the guy just creates so, such a such a great narrative once again into how to put philosophy into action towards a place and, and theater and so on. Um, another great book, it's uh, I think the lives of the Stoics, if I'm not mistaken. I think there was the one that you read. It's mm-hmm. That's a, that's a marvelous book. And so a caveat on that is it's not about what you read. 
it's about what you do in your everyday life with the philosophy. It's the hard, like the philosophy is not, the hardest part is not reading about it. It's living through the values that you learn. So journal, like the best book that you can read, it's your own. So journal yourself. Yeah, that's, that's a great advice. It gives you so much benefit. You know, if you journal every day, I stopped doing it because I was, I'm reading too much these days, but it's something that I like doing. Anyway, uh, so uh, how, how did you come actually to the, to the stoicism? We, I didn't ask you that. Hmm. Um, a great friend of mine talked to me about it a few, like a few years ago. He just like, we were having this conversation, you know, the, the, sometimes you just meet someone that you're really aligned with and then just like start connecting and talking really like fast about a lot of things. And eventually at the end of the conversation, she just hand me a note, like read Epictetus. That was it. Like it was 2010, maybe. So funny story. I find out that I was a dad two years prior, two years after my daughter was born. So for me, it was a shock in terms of everything that I thought I had planned that just basically like moved and changed and, 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 and switched. So when he gave me that note, I started reading Epictetus. Um, and he was the, um, a prisoner that was teaching philosophy to Marcus Aurelius, who was journey to the, to the throne, which got me interesting in seeing his way of seeing, I don't know, just how can you think your life as something that it's just, you cannot change the facts that are happening to your life, but you can change the way you react towards those facts. So that was something really interesting. And from there, it's just like a rabbit hole of information and then just a loop onto a lot of authors and so on. Yeah, that's, that's usually how it goes. One book, one spark. <laughs> and then it spreads around. Yeah, so, uh, so tell me, tell me a little bit about about Duvozi. What you do over there? Uh, what's the company is all about? Because uh, uh, awesome. I think not many people are uh, doing what you guys are doing over there and talking about it. There's a lot of talking about, you know, about AI, about voice, about those kind of things. But I don't see many like great examples that can be. Uh, you know, shared. Awesome. Thank you for, for, for bringing that up. So if you go to, please don't go to my website. I'm in the middle of a rebuild. I'm, I'm, I'm three months in into the job and it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Uh, I'm the head of marketing now. So Vosi is in a simplest word that I can make it. We're building voice assistance for businesses. That's what we're doing. Basically we, Increase the amount of conversations that you can have with your customers via voice by targeting campaigns, whether it's inbound or outbound. So inbound calling is whenever you're really pissed and you want to get your an, an agent, a customer service representative just to get your, your stuff done. Um, in Latin America particularly, we don't have really good systems. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is instead of you having a bunch of people just answering phones, put the head and the abilities of this, of the people to do what they need to be done and use technology to automatize, systematize and process the information that you don't need your agents to tell everyone else and on and on. So what's your name? What's your social? What's your number? No, no, no. Just let that do it from a, from a machine. And then, use that information to enhance humanity that's i think it's, it's it's a little long but it's sorry it's my best <laughs> at the moment yeah. um, and, and and usually you know that's uh i think you're talking about that these days a lot and it is what technology should do you know lots of companies i see they they want technology to do everything for them before they optimize for it before they see what's working what doesn't what's the process because technology is here just to you know help you scale things up and go to another level to uh, stop you from doing the things that you don't need to do so you can focus on the most important things uh, and it's not like you know like my background is also in automation 
Okay. That's why I'm, I'm taking this uh, this up because you know because people usually mix up automation with you know we're just gonna gonna go and we're gonna give people you know to go wherever we want them to go with things, but that's not how it is. You know, you're actually automizing the ways that people used to buy, and so you know they are the ones they are choosing. You are just there having a process ready when they decide to go. Okay. And, and now that you bring the things that we're finding in, in, in LATAM is that everyone is optimizing chat, everyone is doing WhatsApp, everyone is just like optimizing my website. But the only channel that you, that you whenever you're really pissed, you're always going to get your phone and you're always going to try to get a person that says, you know what, it's going to be okay. I'm going to solve it for you. That part, you cannot automize and you cannot optimize that conversation. So what we're trying to do is Whenever you have really pissed customers or whenever you, you feel the need to talk into a customer, let the machine do what the machine should do and let the humans do what the human needs to do. Yeah, that's, that's well said. So how it's going? Uh, I, I, know so it's, I know that it's, that it's hard uh, and I'm sure <laughs> like you can tell me like first three months is you're talking with everybody, you're getting to know the product. And everything else so i guess it's it's a mess when everybody thinks that you are not doing anything but you are actually doing lots of stuff and still you yeah. need to get to the revenue hmm. all right so it, it's a great way of seeing it I, i'm gonna cut it into 30 60 and 90 days right like if everyone is just seeing i think i would i wish i would have this advice earlier so, so the first 30 days it's don't move anything just the first week, just talk to the customers first, talk to the stakeholders, get into a spreadsheet and, and ask three questions to the stakeholders. What, what do we do? What are the three main value propositions that, that we have? Basically, why does people buy from us, right? Um, why do we do what we do? Then um, what is our competition? And then the final is what do you think people bought from us? And then you get that information from your stakeholders and you're going to find like if there is a good storytelling and, and, and positioning, you're going to see like there is like some patterns onto it. Most likely it's going to be fucked, but it's OK. So that's supposedly what you're, what you're there to fix. Right. Um, and then to your customers, it's just understanding solely. I just pick 10 and go really deep into them. The really deep, like two hours conversation, just ask them a lot of things. Um, and usually what you're going to find is that people are going to tell you, if you're really open and you know how to ask questions, people are just going to tell you exactly what are the pains. So you can take those insights, get a product, get a sales and says, look, this is what I found. This is the information that you gave me. And this is the gaps that I'm seeing. How can we work towards these gaps over the next two weeks? So then you bought some time to just like getting to the numbers, getting to the systems, getting to the, but, but you already put into motion some things that it's not your job, it's their job to fix it. Mm -hmm. Then 60 days, all right, you, you understand the business, you understand the numbers, what it's actually generating revenue, what it's costing you a lot of money, then you start switching things and, and tweaking. So are we really in the channels that we need to do? Is the engagement really nice? Go first to your email database and send an email, present yourself. Um, one of the things that, that it's really helpful is just what happens, things that don't scale. I think you mentioned it before in the, in the podcast, the, the, just write to all of the, the customers. What if you just happen to write one customer per day? Hey, this is Daniel. I'm the head of marketing. My job is to serve you and serve you better. How can I make your life better? You'd be amazed of how people respond into humanity. Um, <laughs> So the, the 60 days just tweak a little bit. And then on the 90 days, I'm doing positioning, I'm doing rebranding um, because of, in the matrix of the things that needed to be changed, that was one of the greatest levers that I need to, to, to create. Um, and another thing is choose what's going to be your um, converse, like your most valuable asset, like digital asset or physical asset and optimize there. Don't focus on trying to fix everything because you were not going to make it. And if you try to do everything at once, you're going to be burned. I experienced burned 
I already burned myself a lot of times. I switched quite a few times in my career now. Um, but just get one channel and fix one channel and optimize towards that. Once you have the system in place in one particular asset, then you can move into something else. Um, so yeah, that's basically the state of things. And one thing that really helps me is talk to the head of sales and ask how much pipeline do I need to generate this queue for you to have your, to all of us have our bonus on the end of the year, but for you to have a better queue. And most likely you're gonna find a lot of opportunities between MQLs and SQLs that, that just need a little tweak. So out of the informations and the, and the conversations that you have, just send really good emails, asking people for referrals, for their pains, what do, what do they need? Into the, 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 the MQLs or the SQLs stages and help them sales better. If you have a really good relationship with sales, your job is gonna be super easy. Fortunately, we have a, an SDR, mm, an outbound strategy that's working really nice. Our team is just amazingly good at just booking demos through Outbound and the and the product is quite interesting. Like when you hear our voice assistant, it's like, huh, okay, this is fun. This is interesting. I want it in my business. Um, so yeah, sorry that it just, it took so long, but it just, I, I wish I had this when I started. Yeah, I hope people are listening and taking notes because <laughs> <laughs> that's not an advice you hear every day. So yeah. Uh, I also wish uh, I had this when I I wasn't like a C in a CMO role. I was in a GM role, and it was my 13 month in the company before for going from rookie to the GM, 15 people company okay. as an agency. But like the owners just told everybody, the guy who came in last will be our first ever GM, and we are going away for two months. And here's responsible for everything because I already had like seven things I want them to, uh, you know, uh, to do. So I don't go out of the company. And now they told me like, you are the ones do it. And I didn't have any processes, any passwords, anything. I needed to do everything from the start. So to learn how to you now set up the operations, how to set up individual things with, uh, with people, with the team leaders, everything with the clients and uh, I mean, we slowed down as a company, but it helped me advance in my career, like as far as I, as I did go. And, and, and that, that's goldmine. I mean, you can read a lot about marketing. You can do a lot of the courses that you want. You can just be in all the social groups that you wanted. But when you're in a day-to-day -day fire that everything is burning, you need to be really wise where you use your water. Because I, this was a, a mentor that taught me it's, you have a limited supply of water, so you can turn off a specific fires. So be really strategic on what are the what are the fires that you will let burn? What are you going to say no to? And then focus on to what are the specifics and what is going to bring you value towards the next 30, 60, or 90 days. It's really tough. But I think it's it's just don't try to fix everything. Once again, you're not gonna make it. You're just gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of pain. And make sale. Make sure that sales is gonna be your best friend. That will help you a lot. Yeah. Here comes the stoic. That's it. <laughs> so so tell me, uh, are you aligned around the goals with with the sales? How do you exchange exchange that? All right. So we built OKRs. So we're onto the OKRs methodology. Um, from the pipeline that we have generated towards the past two years or marketing activities that have generated pipeline, uh, I set up a goal of 40% of the, of the pipeline for this particular year was gonna be into marketing's hand. Um, the way we're actually measuring that is then you can start, like there was a conversation onto, we have like marketing has a, a, an SDR department as well. So that from the inbound, so the conversation started like, well, but what if I leave that I what if I leave that I touch into? And then we got into the attribution model, which is, are we hitting the pipeline? Yes. Okay, then just shut up. We'll fix it, but not there. Like not yet. If the leads are coming, if the people are coming, they just 
just don't think who got the lead. Just yeah. who's closing that deal. And when you're closing that deal, we can have the attribution model there. Um, so that was that was one part of it. And then we sit with the this is this is a play that I also steal from DGs. Um, we sit with sales and I talk to them, what are they gonna be like what's the 100 target accounts that you want to have in your book over the next year? And they sit it down and they write it. Okay, now with those accounts, I get into the ICP. So I, 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 I first understand the numbers, right? So get someone in your team. Uh, Dan Martel has an amazing uh, talk, a video call, and it's uh, 3 million revenue. No, sorry, 1 million revenue in three years. It's basically a matrix. ARR, logo churn, CAC payback period, divided into small business, medium, and enterprise, and then inbound, outbound, or partners. Then it's going to give you a model on where are you actually, like, where are you adding a lot the most value? So that's where you need to focus yourself. So we realized it was outbound and it was enterprise. Okay, how can you do, how can you align all your marketing activities towards that specific segment? And then what I did is from there you get your ICP. It's out of the, the ICP that I have. Is it reality? No, we need to change it and we need to change it fast. So fix it, then implement it. Um, and then from the 100 accounts, I, out of the 100 logos that you're giving me, like 40% are not ICP. What are you doing? Why? It's not saying we shouldn't go there. Like, why do you want me to go there? It could be branding. It could be loyalty. It could be a lot of things. You discuss and, and get into commit to disagree. Even you don't like something, just listen to other people's idea. Commit into the hundred logos and then just outreach the person in charge of those one hundred companies and invite them to your podcast. So I launch a podcast as well, um, and then just like become the media of that specific niche, and you will see amazing things because it would be better. Just the SDR team is just sending. Hey, we had a conversation with the customer experience managing of BVWA uh, in that's a huge bank in Latam um, that it's saying how to automate your 100 200 people contact center team do you want to hear it straight up value open rates are high it's not about conversion it's just about conversations sounds good sounds good so it seems like all of us are doing more or less the same things and that's that's the right path to it. I mean, it's totally easy today to start a podcast and talk to your ICP. You know, just get the whole buyer's journey, get everything, then distribute it the right way so it hits every step of the buyer's journey. I mean, it's not easy, easy, but there's a, it's an obvious way way to go because you know you have them over there, and everybody likes to talk about themselves for forty five minutes or an hour. Completely agree. So, another thing that I would that I would add into this, uh, I'm I'm really into tactics. You know, th there is a thing about marketing that everyone talks about like a lot of here, but they yeah. don't actually teach you how to do stuff. Um, get into a spreadsheet. Get the 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 buyer journey or the awareness journey. Uh, the five stages of awareness from positioning. God, I forgot his name. Uh, five stages of awareness. I will send you the book later. And then it's basically I'm unaware of the problem. I'm problem aware. Then I'm solution aware. Then I'm company aware. Then I'm just a referral. And then in the in the x axis, put your pages. What are the pages in your website that it's giving you the information to your customers from each particular stage? So there you're just gonna have a matrix on whatever conversations you're having. With your stakeholders, you're just matching up information into what should my website looks like? What information should I be putting here? What am I missing? Where am I putting CTAs? And then you can just start like building up the system. You can t get a marketing operation that's like, look, this is what you need to be done. Just do it. That's super specific. And thanks for sharing this, I think. Well, people, if you if you don't uh, you know find this valuable, I don't know what what you will find valuable. 
you know, getting really into into the details. Uh, I mean, thanks, thanks for this. Uh, and I want to ask you now, like, having in mind what you are building, and also some other things, like, how do you think technology is changing the way people behave today? Not in the future, how it will happen, but what is happening today, up to which point we have developed the technology. Hmm. That's a really interesting question. Um, so, I, I mean, after the pandemic, our habits changed. Like the way we interact with each other changed as well. It depends on, on the country where you are. Like, for example, Mexico or in Colombia. I'm from I'm from Colombia. Uh, from Colombia. So there were some parts of the country that were not hit by the pandemic. So basically, no one cares. Everyone was just going out and nothing happened. Other parts of the country were super hit. Um, and I think the way we think about relationships, business, love, friendship, that's, that all changed a lot. I'm going to see it like I'm seeing a huge increase in digital communities, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, if you don't have um, Discord, it's a great channel to be. It's a great, like, it's a whole new level. Um, and I hate the word marketing specialist because right now I don't think it, like anyone is a specialist in anything. There's just like too many fucking platforms just to say like I'm an yeah. overall marketing. It's just impossible to do it. Um, I think is a great place to start. If you have no idea, I would highly recommend you just going deeper. Um, and if you think about it, we're getting loop into we had or our generation had a metaverse back in Havo Hotel, um, The Sims. Just a few years ago, we were having this need of having a, an avatar, a virtual self to rely on. Now technology is actually enabling us to do it, to interact with others, to have a community of people that are that are sharing the same values as we are. Um, if you talk to to get like another tip of the, the power tip, hire a gen a Gen Z for your team. It would do wonders for your research. They will leverage the communities, they will leverage the information, and they don't have, they're not afraid of asking. They're not afraid yeah. of reaching people and just building up anything from scratch. And it's like, hey, I just did some TikTok thing and I just review all these comments and I just, like, what the fuck do you do? How? When? Just don't ask, just let them play and let them like break things. It's it's amazing what they can achieve and it's amazing what they can do. Um, and I think, like, going back to technology, Mm, and most authors say say said this. Mm, even though technology is going to be, it's, it's going to change. The human principles applies towards different channels. People want to belong. People want to feel heard, feel loved, and feel seen. So if you allow your customers to do any of those four things, most likely you're going to find that there's going to be a niche. Or a particular technology that you should focus on. So, for example, voice. What are we representing? What are the values of, of the companies? People want to be heard. They want to be. They want to feel that you're heard, like that you're hearing whatever they're saying about your company, your problem, your products, or your services. We are engaging that conversation, and we're facilitating the interaction between those two companies. So, for example, if in in your agency. People want to be seen. I want my brand to stand out from the crowd. Okay, how are you enabling that? What are the technologies that you're going to use towards that? Um, but then again, I would start with the principles. Then from the principles, put your avatar there or your buyer persona, user persona, how, whatever persona you want to add into that. And then think into technologies and, and how we interact and go deep on the metaverse. It's going to be huge. If it's not yeah. now, yeah, I was just just watching uh, two nights ago the the Venom second part, and like at the end, in a, in a post credit scene, 
he's moved in another metaverse. So yeah. <laughs> if people don't understand it, this is where they will see it happening. <laughs> he just ended in a, in a random room of a random guy, you know, not knowing what he's doing over there. Suddenly, and yeah, I think that's what, what COVID has done to all of us. It's changed us, you know, a little bit, but I think it just got us to, you know, think think more thorough about us, about who we are, about the work, about the way we work, about going to the office, going to the job, those kind of things. And from what I'm seeing, like technology is uh, changing also the, the job roles inside the companies. Yeah. Like I was just talking with Vitugi Juri the other day, last week, uh, and like from what I'm seeing in, in a year or two, we won't be having like content writers. We will be having content editors that work with, with AI tools, different kind of tools to kind of make everything happen. You know, they would just need to be specialists who knows how to create the draft and everything and do the research. And then it's basically just managing the tools. Uh, and just, just one example, I think like David Kensel from Drift, Drift said that, you know, that technology is the one that will gonna change the way we approach work, the way we uh things uh on which people people do and you know those kind of things so uh, i mean it's definitely interesting times i think the 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 most i don't know, like i i've i've been bouncing around i'm nomading mexico so i've met a lot of digital nomads and what it's for me as a marketeer what changed my perspective is how engineers and, and, and data scientists approach to work. You a great definition of um, just getting to a developer or a data scientist and ask them how do they do their job. And they will tell you exactly, this is the amount of hours that I'm spending to this client. This is the amount of hours that I'm doing this. This is the amount of hours that I'm doing that. And they don't work more than five hours a day. They automate everything, they put it into a spreadsheet, they charge their clients, and then they leave. So that myth that the developer is just something, someone really shy that just gets stuck into a dark room and just code every day, it's just a myth. These people are amazing and it's brilliant human minds. And like you said, it's not about doing automation because of doing it. Just get into Sapier and start using it if you're not already. It's going to change your life. Fact and then find a lot of people that has built the process to make their work better. It will help a lot. Yeah, sounds sounds like a, a great review of, uh, of the things I wanted, anything else to it, but uh, I'm interested in the being a nomad part. So, um, I mean, I, I will skip the part when it's, there's COVID and other stuff, but I'm interested in, you know, because I see lots of people starting to, to work remotely today. But what I'm seeing is they, they like a lack of efficiency and, and focus because they are, you know, working from a crowded cafe or they change the location every day or a couple of times during the day. So, so maybe uh, I want to ask you, like, what's your overview of that? Because like remote doesn't always mean working in a cafe or, you know, or working on a crowded place or working in a couple of places during the day. It means something else. I think it's a mix. I, I, I definitely think it's a mix. Um, so if you're planning to go remote, you need to understand, like managing oneself, the Peter Trucker's book, 82 pages of pure, pure wisdom. I will highly recommend it to any, to everyone. Um, know what are your routines, what are your habits, what are you really good at, and understand your weaknesses. That's crucial before starting nomading. I hate project planning, but I hate it with that. I'm sucked at it. Like if you stuck me in front of like I, I I'm really good at this is the shit that needs to be done. Okay, now what? I don't know, that's why I have marketing operations, someone in my team that just puts that thing in the hand and then just starts the show running. 
Um, but then from, from as a digital nomad, you need to be really wise into, there is a, a, a great word that it's slow traveling. You don't need to go a hundred places in a semester. It's really good if you just take a month in a city, three months in a city. The sense of belonging, you need to understand where are you going. If you're going to a cafe, is it the, the internet really reliable? Can you trust that? Just get into your Airbnb the first three or four days. Get good, suitable internet. And then on, on the afternoons, just go and see the surroundings. Um, and that myth of the digital nomads can work in the beach. Dude, it's great for about one week or two weeks, but you're not gonna like you're not gonna get shit done. It's super hard. People are in a different mood. We are social animals, so you're just gonna go to the beach and hang out and, and be friends. And, and and there's people that are actually like uh, really good at this. I've seen um, salesmen. They're just like bouncing around, surfing all over the place. But that's that's the one thing that they focus on. I surf and I work. I don't do anything else. I don't usually go out. I have some drinks. But then if you keep adding stuff into your package, eventually you're just going to have a lot in your backpack and it's going to break your back. Um, so my advice is keep it simple. Choose a location where, once again, somebody already did the job. So get the digital nomad community out of that specific town. Get the three or four highlights that you need to do. What are the really good cafes, reliable internet? What are the Airbnbs? How much are you going to cost? Because that's the other thing. People don't realize how much you spend when you're just traveling and, and bouncing back. And for me, I've, I've been a nomad now for two years. Uh, I'm thinking of doing this a year and a half, maybe. And I think the flexibility of just choosing. So what if instead of just going a lot of places, you can just have two home bases. And from there, you travel. But it's, I know where I can go and I have my things and I have my books. So uh, this is something really funny. I always travel with at least five to eight books with me. And when I move into Mexico, I bring 40 books. So I need yeah. a place to actually put up my bookshelf because you never know when you're going to, huh, this idea, this book, I need this. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more myth than anything else. If people actually are doing it, I just chop on to them. My advice, just get a good reliable Airbnb with a great view and don't try to work in cafes. It's it's not pleasant for your coworkers. It's not going to be pleasant for you. And instead, it's just, just coding all day. It's just fine. But yeah, yeah, sounds good. I think we, we agree on that. Um, two more two more topics. Uh, we got a question. I actually a follow up from uh, from Alexander from my team. Um, while he was listening about stoicism, about books and everything, he uh, was wondering what are your core values, your personal core values? All right. Um... Thank you. That's a great question, Alexander. And and I've been working on that specific question for the past five years of my life. <laughs> I think it's everyone says like go write write your values. It's a great deal of work behind that. Um, so the first thing it's I think it's serving or contribution. Um, I I my value and I think karma is really good when you think of it is the more you give the more you receive. So having or being in a company that whatever I am doing actually improves the lives of others, then that's a check. The second one is curiosity. And I ask that a lot in my teams is, please don't bring me a problem. Bring me a set of, of, of list of, of the solutions that we can try, what have you tried already, and what can we implement next? So be curious about someone. Be curious about the conversations that you have. If you think of curiosity as, as a milestone in your life, you're going to see the other person as big as a valley, as the Grand Canyon of information that you can pull out of them. So be curious. Um, it's the, for, the definition for me of a good product, of a good service, is it's in actually solving something. Like whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, is it actually solving a problem? And if it is, that's a check. Um, leadership. 
what is the type of leader that I want to be and how there is a great test that is called the mirror test. Is the person that I'm seeing myself every morning in the mirror the person that I am comfortable with? My, am I acting towards the type of things? Am I doing the things that I want to actually do or not? Um, then there is another value of, I don't know how to say this in English, but it's like walk the talk. Mm -hmm. Walk the talk. It's whatever you're saying that you do, just fucking do it. Uh, and that applies for everything in life. It's, so that's another one. And I think the last one is, I, for example, I, I don't like settling. So I, I need the movement. I need to change. I, I, I want, I crave that. Uh, that. That's where my energy comes from, from moving, from interacting, from networking, from just being in different places, listening to different types of persons, people's music, biography. So it, it changing, um, changing it's, I think it's my last value. Sounds great. Sounds great. I recognize myself in, in lots of those things. And I think it comes with years, you know, yeah. most of those things. I mean, okay, you don't need to be, you know, the one that's moving around, but uh, adapting to change, especially for that, that last one, Adapting to change is something that you need to do. You gotta learn to love changes because I think we are just starting seeing changes in our lifetime and we're gonna go through so many of them until the end of our lives that, you know, if we don't learn how to live with them and adapt to them, it's gonna be hard on us. Yeah, and we're already adapting. Like whatever, like whoever says that they are not good at adapting, it's like, look at your life one year, two years, years ago. Yeah, I think uh, Daniel is having slight issue with the with the internet. Ah, now we have Sorry. you. You were lost for a second. Sorry about that. Ah, it's it's happening. Uh, okay, so. Uh, one last thing I want to ask you, and I think lots of people can relate to that, because uh, um, I saw that your background is into, uh, you know, retail and events marketing, those kind of things. And you are also, you know, the guy who likes you, connects connect with people, uh, you know, social. So uh, how did you manage to change from, you know, now focusing on digital, and you know uh having a different perspective on the work and the things because i think like now even even if you stay in the events industry like those things have changed and become hybrids so uh maybe an advice for other people who are going your way i'm gonna be 100 percent honest um out of 40% of whatever I learned in digital marketing, I get it from my ex. So I had a really good partner that was at a time when I was doing events marketing. She was the managing growth director of a really good agency um, from LATAM. So we basically had really deep and intense conversations because at a time I thought that events was was the rule. Like be, you, you need to build branding towards connecting people and na, 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 na. And then when you, when I saw that perspective on, well, honey, there is the digital space and you need to get this shit now. You're using your phone, you're using these groups, you're, you need to understand the psychology behind it. You need to understand, like, if you understand how people think, just like influenced by Cialdini, or you can go to um, in scientific advertising, by, um, like there's a lot of books after that. But in order for you to understand the ecosystem and, and to run a team, you need to understand what actually are you asking them to do. Um, so my advice is you don't need to get a girlfriend to actually understand a lot of things, but then find people into that particular space that you can learn. And one great advice, just ask. Like no one's going to say, like the worst thing that can happen is that they're going to say no. But most people are just going to sit with you 20 minutes explain you something and it started small what is something that you're really interested into 
email marketing or social media, or I suck at social media. I'm fairly good at email marketing, but then just pick one and go really into deep, and then eventually it will start connecting the dots. Eventually, email marketing is just going to run to website, and then TRO, and then social media, and then it's just like it keeps bolting and bolting, and you have a lifetime to learn. So just you don't need to rush it. Great advice. Um, so I'm, go I'm going to sum it up here a little bit. So, so right. basically, you know, understand your customers and who you are talking to, just so you can create a great story and you can know what their journey is so you can actually create the marketing. When you're starting with it, go slow, you know, first understand your, your people from your company as well, uh, you know, understand the goals, understand what, what do you have in place that you can put into into work right away what you need to build use a 30 60 90 framework for that uh, then you know you don't need to reinvent the wheel you can use all uh, tactics stories strategies from people behind also learn from the from the stoic and from everybody else that you know have done the same thing as you are sometimes in the past or are doing it right now um, and basically try to you know to get the best out of what's around you even if it's your daughter your friends your ex-girlfriend or somebody else just you know learn one by one one thing at a time so you can get really better in it when you get better in it you go to another one and in time that's how you you know you become better at what you do just you know, by doing one step at a time and understanding where you are going to and uh, who is the person that can get you over there. I How did I do? <laughs> it was great. It was a great summary. Um, if, if you can, if, if we can think of yourself as a version of yourself, who do you want to be in five years? Don't go don't go more farther than that, just five years. What are the set of skills that you want to have? How do you look like physically, mentally, whatever you want to have? And then work backwards. What are the type of people that the, the highest version of Daniel surrounds with? What is the type of what is the type of conversations that you're having? What is the type of information that you're sharing? And there is a great caveat into that. It's how are you sharing what you're learning? When you get into the habit of just giving away information, thoughts, uh, bounce of things in, 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 in leadership and whatever like field that you are, you're finding a lot of value into what you're doing. Yeah. Man, anything that you want to say for the end except what you just said? <laughs> um, yeah, I think enjoy life. Just, no one understands actually whatever the fuck is happening. Don't beat yourself up. Don't try to rush into life. They just go out, enjoy a coffee. You just want to have a break and, and turn up Zoom and your meetings. It's just like, we're just human beings. Life is just too fucking hard to not enjoy it. So turn off your, your laptop for a minute turn off your cell phone stop notifications and just go for a walk have a good coffee tea water whatever you want to have it and be happy it's just a choice yeah things you know you will see that not many things will happen you know unexpected when you do that and also like what i like to say you know like celebrate the wins you know, even if you just play, play the song on the radio, on YouTube, whatever, and just dance it out. I mean, this is something that, you know, gets you on the right way and relax you a little bit. Uh, I remember when it was, it was a time when uh, we were all isolated because of the pandemic and everything in the first month. And, you know, punky marketing was growing really fast while everybody was going down around me. And, uh, you know, the, the pressure was there because it was my first time as entrepreneur and everything else. And, you know, like, and I just played the music and I danced it out. Like, and I recorded myself and posted that on social media 
like this is actually the example that I'm now using and companies that I work with are still using, you know, to say how, how CEOs should sometimes, you know, show the human side of themselves. Because that's where we are at the end of the day, humans. And it's not about B2B. It's you're selling to humans, humans to humans, period. Exactly. Uh, tell me and the people where they can find information about you, can get into the conversations with you in awesome. English or in Spanish. Or in Spanish. Most likely, <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to get, like if someone in the audience knows how to do a LinkedIn profile, like onto, I know how to do it in English and in Spanish, but then how to actually publish things in two separate languages, I would be happy to, to get, but Daniel Cardona, just how it says, um, and you're going to find storytelling, uh, psychology and stoicism equals good marketing. Uh, I actually, if you want to find a personal, more hippie side of myself, Danny.l. Sorry, Danny.l.cardona uh, on Instagram. And I'm trying to get into a run of Twitter, but I, I just have it open to just read. So you won't find anything interesting there. So those two channels hit me on LinkedIn. Hit me on Instagram and whatever I can do to help you out. I'm happy to assist. And guys, trust me, do that. Daniel is a conversational guy and you know he'll really try to, to help you out. Uh, so I think that's that's it for today. Uh, basically I will I will uh, end with saying thank you to you for, for being here and investing an hour and seven minutes up to now uh, to this conversation and trying to give value and perspective uh, to the people. Guys, thank you for, for listening to us. And um, Daniel is saying, enjoy life. I'm saying, keep it funky. Keep it funky. That's a good one. <laughs>